The following is a workshop from the 2018 SDMI Leadership Conference in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thank you for listening. All right, so we're going to begin our workshop talking about tell the story. So this will be kind of a little bit of an introduction. And then I'm just repeating this so that the speaker can hear me. And then I'm going to give you some handouts about how um, fun ways that we can use this with kids. And we'll talk about that at the end. Um, so if you don't mind, let's just begin with prayer. And then we'll get started. Dear God, thank you for the opportunity to be here today and to learn together. Thank you, Lord, for this tool that you have given to us through Tell the Story. Please help us to... Um, to understand what it can mean for our ministry and how you can use it in the lives of the people that we interact with. We love you, Lord, and we just ask that you be here and be in our conversation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, I'll start. My name is Candace Brooks, and um, my husband and I have a ministry that we've just recently started together. It's called Equip to Engage, and we um, do different leadership training for um, children's leaders is what we focus on. And I have been using Tell the Story for about a year and a half. Um, I've been trained as a storyteller, and then also I've become a storyteller trainer. And so um, I've in, enjoyed using it in many different settings. Um, we just finished our last church camp, and I was had the opportunity to use it all summer as we spoke at church camps. Um, so I've seen it used with kids, and I've seen it used with adults, and it is a powerful, powerful thing. Um, have any of you ever um, sat in and participated in a tell the story? Anything? Okay, awesome. All right, well, this is brand new. Except, yep, we got another trainer over there, so a couple of us. All right, so let me just explain what it is. Tell the story is a method of sharing scripture with others. And we will go through that process together, and you'll experience it firsthand. Um, before we do, I want to help you know how you can listen as we tell the story. I don't have any cool way to hang this up, but I'll just kind of show it to you as I mention it. And then, thanks, Tom. Okay, so these are three circles that um, help us to listen to the story and engage in the scripture. Um, so first of all, we have story. And when we're listening to the scripture, you're going to listen to actually what's happening in the story. What's happening in the scripture? Who are the characters? What are they doing? What emotions do we see? And then we have the spirit is another intersecting circle. And we're going to listen to what the Holy Spirit is highlighting through the scripture. What can we learn through the scripture that he is impressing on our hearts as we discuss the scripture together? And then the third circle is each other. We're going to listen to the thoughts of others as they share and realizing that sometimes something they may say may ignite something in our brain. So when we listen to each other, we have the opportunity to also learn. So when all of these three circles intersect together, we have the center space. And that is the goal that we'd all like to reach. Um, because when we're listening to the story, the actual scripture, we're listening to what the Holy Spirit is bringing out through the scripture. And then when we listen to the thoughts of others and what, what the Holy Spirit is teaching them, and we listen to those all three together, then that is where the Holy Spirit does a beautiful thing. It's when we learn together and we are changed by the scripture. Um, so that is our goal as we are listening to the story together. Okay, so I just wanted to let you think about that. So the way it works is that 
the storyteller will share a story. And the way, it's an oral method of learning. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna ask for everyone to put everything away and just listen to the story and listen with your heart and then we're gonna discuss it together afterwards, okay? So I'm gonna share a story with you from God's Word. And listen closely because I'm only gonna share it one time. And then after I tell it to you, then you're going to get to tell it to the person next to you, and then they will tell it back to you, okay? So you got to listen. Okay, so here we go. Is it a long story? No, not too long. Okay. I think you'll be okay. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. Okay. They entered Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples were leaving town, a large crowd followed him. There was a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, sitting beside the road. And when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But Bartimaeus shouted even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard the man, he stopped, and he said, Tell him to come here. And so the people called to the blind man, Cheer up, come on, he's calling you. And so Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, he jumped up, and he came to Jesus. And then Jesus said, What is it you want me to do for you? My rabbi, said Bartimaeus, I want to see and then Jesus said, Go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. And that's the end of this piece of God's story. All right, so now what you can do is you can start at the beginning and share as much as you can remember to the person next to you, and then they'll share it back to you. Okay? So go ahead. Can we do it in the group? Yeah, you
you told it in pairs. And then third, I told it again, only if you notice my finger looks like a W, I told it wrong, and you corrected me, okay? And then now, fourth, we're gonna just ask some questions, simple questions. And keeping in mind the three circles, we're gonna listen, we're gonna talk about what's happening in the story, we're gonna listen to what the Spirit is speaking to us, and we're also going to listen to each other and learn from each other, okay? So the first question is this, what did you like about the story? Anybody can share. What did you like about the story that we just did? He got his sight back. He got his sight back. Awesome. Happy ending, right? Great. And he had faith. He had faith. And where do you see that happening in the story? When he believed that God uh, gave him his sight back. Okay, he believed that God would give him his sight back. Good. What else? What do we like about the story? Extreme desperation, not caring what and was his happening. faith. His faith told him that was the only answer. That was the only thing that he could do. Okay, so get to Jesus. We see his faith with him continuing to call out. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the lady who reached, you know, the issue of blood. And she, all she wanted to do was reach out and touch his robe, and she knew that was all she needed to do. Okay, great. What else? What else do we like about the story? Jesus' compassion. Okay, and how do you see that happening? He could have just stayed with all the people. Forget that guy. But he doesn't. He hears one voice. And he stops. Mm-hmm. And he talks to that person. Wow. And a beggar at that time. Somebody, yeah. everybody would have ignored in the first place. So it wasn't even like a normal person. Right. A respectable person. It was a, somebody that nobody else cared about. Because if you have faith, he loves each and every one of them. No matter what. Separate. Good, so he loves each of us separately. <coughs> awesome. Anything else that you really like about the story? Jesus is out in the community. He's not just sitting there and waiting for people to come in. Oh. Okay, so he was walking among the people in the community. He was with his people. He wasn't sitting in his office in his cubicle. Or... Right, okay. Good, thank you for sharing that. Anything else? All right, let's go to the second question. What did you not like about the story? Sometimes we don't think about that. What we don't like about the story. yelling at him, telling him to be quiet, like he didn't have a right to talk to Jesus. You don't like how they were treating him. Why do you think they were why do you think they were shouting at him? Because he's a white beggar and they don't think that he has anything to offer. He's just worthless. 
So in their eyes. Disposable. He was worthless, disposable. Okay. And he didn't have any right to ask Jesus for a miracle. Okay. How do you think they were feeling after Jesus paid attention to them? Do you think they felt differently? Snub. Okay, maybe snub. What else? Humble. Humble. Maybe they have some belief. Okay. Should've. Maybe they started to believe based on that. Good thought. Good idea. They lived back then, they seen all this, and they didn't have any faith. They're seeing firsthand. How do you think they felt after seeing what Jesus did in this story? Humbled. Okay. Humble, amazed. Do you think they learned anything from all of this? Sort of so. <laughs> they learned that Jesus loves everybody. Okay. characters now. Third question is this. Which character would you want to be in the story and why? Or maybe there's a character you would not want to be. Which character would you not want to be? And then tell us why. Can we think of who the characters are? Let's kind of list them out so we can get our... Bartimaeus and Jesus pretty much. Bartimaeus and Jesus. Were there any other characters? The disciples, the crowd. His mother. His mother. Was the mother in this story? His father was. Well, we, let's, let's think about the story. The story says, Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, was sitting beside the road named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Okay, so 
Yeah, so we're not sure. The, the scripture doesn't tell us if the parent was there or not, but we know he was the son of Timaeus. Okay, good. All right, so out of, let's see, Bartimaeus, Jesus, the crowd, the disciples, which character would you want to be or which character would you not? Would you want to be or not want to be? You want to be? And tell, tell us why you want to be. I would want to have faith like that okay. first. And I would want to receive a miracle. If I was blind, I would definitely be trying to find some way to get my sight back. And if I knew there was a way, I would find it just like Bartimaeus did. Okay, to have that strong faith like Bartimaeus for his looking for his miracle and you need to go to Jesus. Okay? Okay, great. Why do you think Bartimaeus had that kind of faith? How did he get to that point? He felt it when he walked by, I think. Okay, so you think when Jesus was near, he could sense yeah. it? He had already heard a lot. And I'd say his sight not being there let him see more than we did with our eyes. Oh, okay. Interesting, yeah. Just thought what he's here. Just, so his, his other senses were heightened. Yeah. Okay, good. That's an interesting thought. Thanks for sharing that. What else? Which other characters would you the want? Disciples. Would you we want to always be? think of the Bible stories. Boy, we wish we'd been there. Right. And they were. Right. They got to see the things that Jesus did and the interaction that he had with other people. What do you think the disciples were thinking through this whole, whole ordeal? To begin with, they were thinking, don't bother him. He's got things to do. He's got places to go. Okay. Just stay out of the way. Right. And then when Jesus stopped and paid attention, then, oh, maybe we should have done that. Okay. Maybe we should have had compassion like he does. Okay. Kind of stopped them in their tracks, thinking about what they should have done. Okay. And as I told somebody the other day that I, I think the disciples had to have flat foreheads. You know, because of all of the times that they just, and, and I think this is one of those yeah. moments. I, I, I would have liked to have been the disciples, but I would not like to have been the disciples because I would like to have seen and been in the presence of Christ and to learn. <laughs> but I would not have wanted to have been such a slow learner and have to be taught time and time again. Uh, and, and it bothers me because sometimes I think maybe I am. Right. <laughs> you, know? you can, you can, feel can their, feel their pain, yeah? yeah. The forehead pain? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Good. All right, any other characters that you'd want to be, or maybe you don't want to be? Don't want to be the crowd that keeps people away from Jesus. Yes. Jesus doesn't have time for you. Okay. Good. Thank you. is what truths can we find in this story that we could share with someone else that maybe could help them? That Jesus does care. Cares very much. And how could you point that out to them from this story? Because he probably had an agenda of where he was going with his disciples, but he cared enough. 
Yeah. Action showed his love. Awesome. So you can share with someone that Jesus cares about you, just like you care about our man. Great. What else? What could you share with someone else that maybe could encourage them? What truth? God is the great physician, and he can, he can heal and do anything he wants. He can heal anybody from anything. So he really can heal somebody with an impossible situation. He's the great physician. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure we all know somebody who could use that encouragement. Yeah. I know. What else could you share with someone else? That God loves you enough. you and even though you may know your need he, he asks you to identify that need before he I mean he knew that Jesus knew that the man was blind but but he asked him what, what, what is it that you want me to do for you today and he could have said I need a house I need money you know which was not really his need, but but he made him identify that. And, Why do you think Jesus did that? Like you mentioned, thanks for bringing that up, that it's probably obvious, Jesus could probably obviously tell he had a blind beggar in front of him. Why do you think he asked him that question? What do you want me to do? Because sometimes I think that we don't know our need. We, we know our wants, but, but sometimes what we, what we think we need and what we really need is not the same. Okay. And, and I think that this way Jesus was making him identify, you know, if you receive your sight, then that'll take care of the job and all of these other things. And so, you know, I think it caused him to identify exactly what the need was rather than maybe what he could have thought. Okay. Kind of helping him differentiate between his want versus his need. Okay. Good. Any other thoughts about that? Why do you think Jesus asked him that question? What do you want me to do for you? Maybe he wanted the whole crowd to hear. Okay. So he knew that what what was being uh, spoken there is what the man really needed, and he was able to do it. Okay, so maybe for the benefit of the people around. Okay, good thought, good thought. Because like you said, that was a teaching. Okay. I mean, that, that was showing everybody, not just one or two people, but everybody there got to see this. Okay, great. Great. Anything else? Any other thoughts on that? Or on something you could share with someone else? I would want someone else to know, particularly those who who might be um, thwarted by others who, who, in the church probably too often, we ignore those who are in need. We certainly don't, uh, we may not welcome them. Um, um, those who are outcasts who we 
don't agree with lifestyle or whatever, we don't welcome them. And um, we might ignore them. Uh, we might say you're not, might even go so far to say is you're not welcome here. Mm -hmm. And I would wanna say to them, don't give up. Mm -hmm. Just keep calling and uh, be persistent. Um, don't, let, don't let others keep you from Jesus. Right. Be like Bartimaeus. Keep calling out to Jesus. Don't let others stop you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Wonderful. All right. Let's talk about the fifth question. What truths from this story has the Holy Spirit highlighted while we've been talking that you can apply to your own heart, that you can apply to your life? Never give up. Okay. Never give up. Out to Jesus. It's a race you gotta win. You gotta do it yourself. He was desperate and he just wouldn't quit. Kept calling out. Good. Call on him while he's near <coughs> because it's a, it's a present but a passing opportunity. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about what you mean with that? Well, this may have been a once in a lifetime situation for. for and, you know, had he not taken advantage of the fact that Jesus was within calling distance, mm -hmm. uh, he may never have received his miracle. Mm -hmm. So he, it, you know, you, you do it now, or it may, you may never have the opportunity for that miracle or for that working of God again. Wow. That's powerful. Yes. yes. When Jesus is near, don't hesitate. Call out. Thank you, Tom. What else can we apply to our own hearts, our own lives, the truths that we find in this story? Confess your Okay. Don't be afraid to Don't just expect him to do it. Be willing to tell him what you need. Do you, how do you think Bartimaeus felt with all of that, with Jesus asking him and then him telling him? How do you think that made him feel? Love. Love? Okay. Validated. Validated. I mean, we don't know that he had, he had done anything to cause himself to eyesight. Okay. Maybe he wasn't you know, that way from birth. Right. So he was just saying, this is my need. He felt validated that Jesus was listening and was caring about his specific need. Good. Thank you. Anything else that you can apply to your own heart from this story? All we have to do is ask and believe. Ask and believe. Have that faith like Bartimaeus had. You know, um, this story has really spoken to me about how we, how we uh, 
invite others to come to Jesus. Um, I, I, I love it when he says, when, when the crowd finally gets it and they say to Bartimaeus, cheer up, he's calling you. And I think, I think too often we say, you know, you're going to hell if you don't. We approach people that way with that kind of an attitude rather than in excitement presenting the gospel. Cheer up, he's calling you. Um, and and that this story has really spoken to me about how I should um, uh, invite others to come to Jesus. Wow, yeah. Not, not because they're going to hell right. if they don't, but because he's calling them. Yeah. That's a good thought. Oftentimes we think that is a problem, but in this instance, we can learn something from them. Approach you. Jesus has something for you. That's exciting. Yeah. Great. Anyone else have a, a thought that they'd like to share? Well, you know, back then, pretty much if you had any kind of physical impairment, they assumed it was your own fault. You had done something wrong. The gods was punishing you or some, you know, some like that. Mm -hmm. So there would have been a whole lot more stigma attached to a blind beggar than what you might see today. You know, people ain't going to pay no attention to this blind beggar anymore than they are that beggar that can see. <laughs> you know, to them, he's a beggar, they don't care. But there there was a whole lot of stigma attached mm -hmm. with any kind of physical back then, and they always thought it was your own fault, that it was, or your parents right. had done something wrong, and you were cursed as a result of, you know, your parents being punished. So when Jesus healed him, what else, what did he heal? He healed him physically, but... Right. Spiritually? Mm -hmm. Well, he just reinforced any even with the crowd that his he faith wasn't wasted. reinforced his whole community. Mm -hmm. He put him back into the community that he'd been. So he healed that man in a, on a social level as well, and yeah. spiritually and physically. Mm -hmm. So he, God can restore not just your sight, but other things too. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing in that scripture with me and with each other. Um, that was just a simple snapshot of what it is to do tell the story. And the storyteller shares the story. Um, I didn't read it. It was in my heart from memory. And if you go to a training, we can teach you how to learn stories like that. Um, and then you ask your audience members to share it back to each other, retell it to each other. So that they're, they're retelling it, but then they're also hearing it again. And then the third time is I told it wrong. And you guys listened carefully to help correct me and make sure that the details were in line and in order. And then the fourth step was that we just asked five questions. What did you like? What did you not like? Which character would you want to be or not want to be? And what truths from the story can you use and share with someone else? And then what truths from the story has the Holy Spirit spoken to you that you can apply to your own life? And that, that in a nutshell, is what Tell the Story is. Um, what I'd like to do with you in, is just for a few minutes is kind of debrief a little bit. And let's talk about the process of Tell the Story. What are some things that you noticed about the process that I just shared with you? The movement of your body story a visual sign of what you were telling in the story okay so was that helpful yes so 
So whenever I moved my body a little bit and I did a few motions here and there, that was helpful for the listener to hear the story. Okay? Okay, good. What else did you notice? The fact that you didn't use a book. Okay. All right, I didn't use a book. And, and what, did that have any significance for you? Or? No, I just noticed. Okay. You might have memorized. Okay. We heard the story three times. Okay, so you noticed that we heard the story three times. It wasn't just a little shot. All right. What value do you think that has? What has value that you heard it once, and you heard it again, and then you had to say it. So learning, you either you would write it, you'd see it, and then you speak it. So it includes a lot of different learning styles. Learning styles. Okay. Good. Good. You kept eye contact with us. Okay. So as I was telling the story, my eyes were looking at you. Okay. Good. Is without the book, there's no distractions. Okay. Made for us, sometimes you can focus on other things, but you were the only thing there to look at. Right. So I didn't have a book, and you didn't either. Right. You weren't following in your Bible. I spoke straight scripture, but if you were following along in your Bible, do you think you would have caught it as well? I know the story and wouldn't have caught it. Okay. So this method is an oral method of learning. Um, other people do like to read and visual, and that's awesome, and that's a, that there's a time and a place for learning in that manner. But for this method, it's an oral method, and so that's why we didn't read from the Bible. We just knew it in our hearts, and I and, shared it with you. And when you're dealing with kids, especially the age of kids that we deal with, we have the toddler class for right. Sunday school, and then after Sunday school, I run the nursery for five and up. So we're constantly with the little bitties, and that's a really good um, way to teach them. They're oral learners, aren't you they? have to be animated. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I told this lady here in the other class we were in, you know, that's one of the best ways to keep their attention is to be animated. Do things that they don't expect to see grown-ups doing. Act goofy. Right. Use voices. Okay, good. So could you see this working well with your oh, kids? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what we do. You know, we read a story to them, and then we'll ask them some questions about it. And then, you know, okay, who was in that story? Was it Jonah or was it Fred? You know, mm -hmm. silly questions like that where they're definitely going to get the answer right, mm -hmm. but they don't know All right, so that we're setting it up so that they can answer let's it. Let's right. talk about the question. What did you notice about the questions that I asked? What did you notice about them? It's how you interpret the story. What do you like? What don't you like? Okay, so it's how each person interprets the story. Okay, good. No wrong answer. No wrong answer. Because you're asking what, what do you, who would you like to be, what's the story saying to you? So there's, you, you encourage and affirm because there's no, no wrong answer. How do you think that would go over in a classroom with kids? Well, to know that there's not a wrong answer that they're going to get wrong. It's not like a school where the teacher asks a question and you come up with the wrong one. This right. one they're helping you to get the right. Have one. you ever been in a group and you've shared a wrong answer? And oh. uh, what happens? So the beauty of these questions are there's no wrong answers. So everyone can share and not feel embarrassed by what they share. And everybody gets to participate. And everyone can participate because everyone can feel something about the story. Okay, good. What else did you notice about the questions? Mm 
What kind of questions did I ask? Feeling questions. Okay. So you were kind of touched on our emotional level because okay. you're asking us what we feel, but yet the questions also brought you to a point of truth because at the end you talked about okay. Okay. So we kind of started with the feeling questions, but we narrowed it down to truth stories to apply to your heart. Okay. Good. Good. Okay, we talked about avoiding having someone give a wrong answer, right? Because that's not what we're after. So did you notice that the questions I asked, they were not, they didn't require a right or wrong answer. I didn't say, you know, what was the name of so-and-so, or I didn't ask fact questions, right? Because if I ask a fact question, then they could be wrong in the answer. Or yes and no. Or yes and no questions. Right. Try to avoid questions with yes and no. Okay. Good. What did you notice about me as a facilitator and how I participated in the question time and, and what happened? I repeated what? What we said. So again, it's another. You're hearing it again. Okay. Hearing it again. Good. Took all of our answers as being good. Okay, good listener. Took all of the answers as being good, so I validated what right. you had to say. Okay, I listened. I let them finish. Think through their thoughts. Okay, good. What did you notice about what I said? <laughs> that you enunciate well. Okay. Clearly, <laughs> use your teacher voice that was so that all can hear. <laughs> that was the first thing I That's heard. good. Well, you validated what we said. I mean, you, you affirmed, right? You framed it probably. I asked another follow-up question to help you think deeper. You didn't tell us what you thought. I never told you the answers to any of those questions, did I? Why do you think that happened that way? To encourage us to talk. Okay, so if I'm quiet, then it gives you more time to talk. Any other ideas that, why would I as the teacher not tell you what you should know? Because you're trying to get us to figure it out on our own. What happens whenever someone figures something out on their own? It sticks with them. It sticks with them? They feel good about that? The more likely to remember it. The more likely to remember it? What if I would have said, we're going to learn the story of Bartimaeus today. We're going to learn A, B, and C. Okay, ready? Here's the story. Who is this? What's this? We're learning this. Would that have been as meaningful to you? No. Probably not. No. Okay, good. Um, let's see. Something like that. Just to let me remember. Alright, good. So this method, thinking about a group of kids, this is what I was gonna say. Imagine if you had a child that the Holy Spirit spoke something to them and they shared a truth with the whole group. And all of us just went, Wow, thank you for sharing that. And then you could say, you know what? The Holy Spirit spoke to you. And he showed, he revealed that to you. 
you heard the Holy Spirit speaking to you. How awesome would it be to be able to affirm a child that God can speak to them and that he is speaking to them. So often we say, we say, we need to listen to God. We need to do what God tells us. We want to obey God. And they're like, great, but I never hear God talking to me, right? right? But in that moment, he did speak to them. He revealed a truth from his scripture in their hearts that you didn't put there. The Holy Spirit put it there. And if you could point that out and say, God is speaking to you. Listen to that voice. I mean, how powerful could that be in a child's life? Or an adult, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, awesome. Um, so, you know, how do you feel about the method? You, you liking it? You think that this could be something we use with kids? Yeah. All right, well, I just want to tell you that we have Tell the Story trainings to become storytellers. And it is an awesome three-day training that you can go to and you learn in depth how to be a storyteller, how to learn the stories, how to better facilitate questions and all the ins and outs of that. Because what I've given you today is just like that much of tell the story. And I highly encourage you to attend a training so that you can feel equipped and and to be able to make it successful in whatever setting that you end up using it in. Um, And we have those on our website. You can go to the SDMI website, which is, we have one for Tell the Story. It's um, www.nazarene.org forward slash tell the story. Okay, so. Yeah, we'll remember. Let's go together. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you, if there's a nazarene.org slash tell the story, www. Okay, and, and, and Candace, we also tentatively have one scheduled for this area um, on April the 27th, 28th, and 29th. So April 27th, 28th, and 29th. We're trying to work on one in this area. April. Um, in yes, April. And I also um, do trainings. We're working on one in um, in Arkansas um, coming up in September. Yes. So we're working towards one there. But I have my information up here also. You can go to the Nazarene website and you can find Tell the Story and it'll list a slew of trainings that you can try to make it to. Um, you can contact me if you want to. Um, Tom is in Ohio. And you're the SDMI, SDMI chair. chair, so you can contact him. He's a trainer also. I'm going to pass, take one of each sack there. Um, these are different ideas that you can use with children. Um, when you do it with children, of course it looks a little different, but we stay true to the heart of Tell the Story. Um when you do it with kids, they often don't quite discuss it as long as a group of adults would. Um, and also, like you were mentioning, they enjoy action, they enjoy motion, um, they enjoy other interactive ways of responding to the story. So I just want to kind of fly through this quickly because I don't want um, to make the make you guys late. But after everyone gets their paper, I'll just kind of share. So there's different ways that you can tell the story. You can tell it just like I did. You saw me tell it. Um, You can put pictures on, like if you're using a projector screen, you can put like just snapshot pictures that come up as you're telling the story. 
you can draw pictures as you go. And I was going to, I'll just show you. I just threw it away because I was kind of changed what I was going to do at the last second. But um, this is something that I did at camp to share the story of John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus to come. And so as I told the story, I drew one thing at a time. So they were watching me draw as I was telling. And um, this is the, the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And it began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you to prepare your way. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. And he was in the wilderness preaching that everyone should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and they had turned towards God to be forgiven. All the people of Judah and all the people of Jerusalem came to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. John wore clothes made from coarse camel's hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. He made an announcement. There is one coming who is so much greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Then one day, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. And as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And then they heard a voice from heaven that said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Okay. You see how I did that? Mm -hmm, so this is how I did it with kids at church camp. And as I told the story, the reason why I chose to do pictures with this story is, first of all, it's a little bit abstract. Um, and it was easier for my brain to remember it if I made pictures to go with it. And I knew that if it was easier for my brain to remember it, then it would probably be easier for their brain too. So I don't do this with every single story, but especially the stories that are a little abstract, I try to do pictures to help them to remember it. So that's one way you can tell a story. Um, and then you can also use simple props. They don't even have to be elaborate. One of the beauties of t the tell a story method is that it's reproducible. So you don't want to do something that's so elaborate that the kids couldn't go home and retell themselves. You want it to be simple. You could use simple things like a pencil. You could use a trash can. I mean, you could use whatever is around, um, but you can use props to tell it as well. Um, you can use action words. You may have done this before. Um, choose a few words from the story that, like for example, every time I say the word baptize, lean your head back like this, like you got baptized. So they're listening as you're telling, and then they, you know, they're participating as you're telling the story. Choose a few. Don't go overboard though, okay? And then flannel graph. You know what? I know it's an old school thing, but especially the younger kids, they love flannel graph. And not only that, but you can set it up and let them do it themselves and retell the story and retell it and retell it and retell it using the flannel graph. Um, so that's an option. Puppets. I've never done it with puppets, but I know I'm sure you could. Um, you could even have a character come dressed up as a biblical character and have them share the story. Um, and one thing about tell the story, the method we use is that we stay very true to the scripture. We do not um, add or detract. We don't 
make goofy words, you don't change things up because the, we're staying true to the core of what tell the story is and we, we firmly believe in the power of scripture and the power of God's ability to speak through that scripture. We don't need to floof it up or dress it up. We let the scripture and the Holy Spirit speak through it. So um, don't be afraid to use the scripture. The kids might not know every single word, but they understand context of the story. Um, but they give them more credit. We don't always give them enough credit. They can understand a lot. And, and we trust that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to them, even though they might not catch every single big word that we use. Okay. Um, also, all right, so let's talk about the retail. Retell it. You can easily tell it. Retell it in pairs. Um, if you have younger crowd, you can just retell it as a large group. Um, just say, what happened first? What happened next? Great, tell me what happened next. So you can kind of guide it as they retell, especially if you have younger kids. Um, and let's talk about the tell it again part. I told it with mistakes and blanks, and it's really fun to do that with kids because you can throw in characters or people or skittles and happy meals and things that they connect with, minions, yeah. So they think that's hilarious. Be careful not to put too many in, because then you'll lose them. <laughs> that's happened before. Uh, you can tell it again using your action words that you made up. Um, you can tell it as a large group, like like I just mentioned. What happened first? Okay, somebody hey. next. Nice. Um, you can tell it. What often what I do, like in a, a church camp setting, if you have a large crowd of kids, is that I train an adult to be the facilitator. So after I tell the story and they retell it to each other. I have them break up into their small groups with their adult facilitator, and the adult facilitator then has them retell it as their group, and then they go through the questions. Um, lights, camera, action. This is something that we teach you really well whenever we do um, a tell a story training. And what it is is the kids act out the story frame by frame, and we pretend that the crowd is the director, and they can say, so you, you tell it, uh, you have the kids act it out in one frame, and then you freeze. And you say, okay, so do you agree with how the characters are responding at this point in the story? Um, do you think, you know, you let the kids kind of help add to what's happening on the stage and saying, well, I think that that lady was a little bit more upset, so they need to act, their face needs to look sad. Or So you let the kids kind of have input as to what the actors are doing. Then you can ask questions. You can say, well, how do you think that lady was feeling when Jesus spoke to her? And so if you can have a deep conversation in that acting out period, you, you might not even need to go to the question part because you have so much heart discussion in the acting out part. Um, so that's a pretty powerful tool. Memory is whenever the storyteller starts the activity by saying the first line of the story and then the story moves around the circle. So one child would say the first line, the second child would say that you just go around and everyone would add a line to the story, okay? You can do that. Um, popcorn is where somebody starts retelling the story and then you say pop and then you say pop Tom and then Tom would start telling the next part until the teacher or until the facilitator says pop and then calls on someone else and so everyone's like popcorn retelling the story they're picking up where the last person left off all right so let's talk about the questions you can facilitate the questions as a large group you can break up into smaller groups to be facilitated by trained group leaders don't just send your group leaders off. you got to train them how to do it. Um, but that's how I do it with camp. And then 
Or you can have the kids discuss kind of in twos and threes and then bring it back to the large group and say, okay, what did you guys talk about? What, which one, what did you like? Um, so you can give every kid an opportunity to kind of think it through and talk about it and then share it as a large group. Um, depending on your audience and the age of your group, you can use the regular five questions or um, depending on the audience and age of your group, you can use modified questions. Being careful to stay true to the heart of what Tell the Story is about. You can ask questions like, what in the story confused you? Um, who in the story do you think did good or who did bad? That's really good for preschool age kids to kind of help identify that. And then um, one question that I used at camp this summer for kids is what does this story teach us about Jesus? Or what does this teach us about God, depending on the story that you're using, to kind of help them think about the Jesus' heart? Because the stories that I did directly linked to Jesus. Um, so I wanted them to think about Jesus' heart. Um, what does this story teach us about people? What do you think God wants you to learn from this story that he wants you to remember for your life? So stay true to the heart. You're not asking fact questions, but you're asking heart questions. And then one of my favorite things to do is kids need to respond. We all need to respond to the scripture in some way. Um, kids like to respond their bodies, you know, a lot of different ways. Um, you could do charades and have um, the, somebody acting out a part of the story and then have the kids try to guess it. Um, you can do it like a skit where you can assign each group, like you come up with a skit about the story or retell the story like a drama and you like let them go at it. Or you, if you have a large group, you can say, you do this first part of the story, you do the second part, you do the third. And then when they come up and perform, then they're retelling the first part and then the group comes up and does the second. So you can have them respond through a skit. You can have them respond through a song. Um, some kids are, and this wouldn't work with every group of children, but some children enjoy making music and creating a song. You could give that as an option. You could say, why don't you start with the song you already know and then change the words to fit it to the story so they don't have to like compose their home music and everything. Um, sign language, I've never used this, but I think um, it would be pretty wise where you could um, create different sign language motion. It's kind of like action words where you choose a couple, ac uh, couple words in the story to give an action to, only this time you choose a couple words to give hand motions to, so like a sign language motion. So as you tell the story, then they do the sign motion for whatever word you're saying. And then whenever they retell it, same thing, um, and they can respond by coming up with their own motions and then having teaching everyone their motions, but they can respond in that way. Um, perspective shift, this is kind of critical thinking, which work well with older children. Um, you can read it, interview, comic strips is something that I use at camp all the time, where I let the kids design, <coughs> they, they illustrate a scene from the story that I assign to them, and they create a comic strip scene about it. So they have speech bubbles, and they look like a comic strip, and then we hang them up around the room. They like to do that. Play-Doh, um, I give them a chunk of Play-Doh and I say create something from the story um, that inspired you from the story or something that you learned from the story. And then, then the most important piece is the discussion afterwards. That's awesome. Tell me about what you made. Why did you choose that? Where did you find that in the story? So the discussion piece is really important with the Play-Doh. There's Guess Who game you can play. Flannel graph, let the kids do the flannel graph. Puppets, let the kids retell it with the puppets. Snack crafts, 
um, you create a craft that's directly linked to your story in some way. So as they're creating their craft and they're eating it, then you're talking about what, what we made and why we made it, how it works in the story and all of that. Um, games, there's all kinds of games that you can adapt to morph it to the story that you're using. Just another way for them to respond. Um, we, I've done the story of Bartimaeus before and we blindfolded the kids and said, and, you know, you're going to pretend like you're Bartimaeus and you're blind and you can't see. And then we would have them draw something and the kids would try to guess what they were drawing. But, but we were able to help them. And then we talked about how do you think it would feel to be Bartimaeus and be blind? How do you think it would feel to be able to see? You know, so we were able to have a lot of discussion. Art, there's an unlimited number of ways that kids can respond through art. And art is a beautiful way to express what you're feeling and just guide them to create something that they're feeling from the story um, and have them share. Why? What did you make? Tell me about that. What inspired you? Okay. So that is a little crash course on ideas of different ways to use it. But like I said, um, the training is very, very important and beneficial. Um, but I thank you for getting a snapshot of Tell a Story today. Do you have any questions for me? A comment. Very good teacher. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. That was very good. Thank you. Well, if you have any questions, um, you can hit up three, the three of us for sure, and Dr. Stevens also. Um, but thank you for coming.